welcome everyone to a new episode of the Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Krisloff. I'm editor of the Transcript, along with Eric Mokaya, who's a lead author. We sent out a new issue of the newsletter yesterday, and what we saw was an uptick for the U.S. economy. Maybe not too surprising, because as equity indexes have risen, I think optimism is just generally growing, that we are at the end of the Fed hike cycle, and that inflation is on the way down and the economy has normalized. And so I think people are starting to get excited that we might be at the start of a renewed upturn in the economic cycle. Eric, what are your thoughts on this? I can remember last year, you said the capital markets kind of tend to bottom before optimism kind of itself bottoms and, and then like goes on its way up. It feels like we are in that part of the cycle where people are a bit more optimistic. People feel like we, we are past the, the tough times. You remember last year, the... The major, I think, symbol was the hurricane. But this time, it's like, okay, we have passed. The hurricane may not happen after all. Things are looking good and looking forward. And that's translating a lot to the consumers. Also. So I think the key word, I think, for many earnings calls last week was stabilization. If it's AWS, the cloud growth has stabilized, so it stopped going down. Freight recession is ending. Inflation adults are abating. So I think, like, all around kind of positive sentiments so I don't know how long this will last. It depends a lot on what the Fed does in September. And then Jackson Hole is coming up. So then, I don't know. What any other pickings that you have in terms of like the outlook, especially for the economy going into the second half of the year now? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we've been picking up for a long time now that inflation has peaked. Mm-hmm. And this week felt very definitive in the way that people were talking about it. I think it was like almost like, and of course, inflation has peaked or of course, inflation is coming down now. I think there was a question over the last 12 months of, yes, inflation has come down, but we're still in an inflationary environment. Today, it's more like, yeah, inflation seems to be, it seems to have peaked and seems to be coming down quite a bit. So that should make the Fed really happy, I think, as they are, as they're looking forward in terms of what policy they should maintain. Still, though, it doesn't seem like they're ready to signal a decline in interest rates, but at least maybe the hike cycle seems to be almost at the end, if not over. I mean, I keep picking in regards to inflation peaking and being past that. Now, there's a quote there about we're starting to, it becoming more difficult for companies to pass through the increased costs to the consumers. It feels like we're hitting that point where the consumer can no longer take any more increases price increases and companies have to rethink their strategies beyond just increases in pricing and that feels like that can call the end of a price increase hike cycle and then now it's about now okay what else can we do in terms of maybe cutting costs and also like to to preserve margins at the end of the day so i think this is a key thing that i've been looking at for a couple of months where companies because early this year what was happening is that we can still increase prices now consumers are like we can no longer actually do price increases without hitting our volumes a bit too much so i think that's a key picking and beyond i think the us i think one key picking i've also been check, checking out the past couple of weeks is about how china is struggling to actually i mean coming into this year most people are very optimistic about china growth Lots of companies are betting on the gro- picking up growth in China to boost their growth this year. But it feels like that has not materialized. And going into the second half of the year, it feels like China now needs an economic stimulus package that is almost equal to what the U.S. had. What are your pickings around China and what co- companies are saying around it? Yeah, it's a it's been a bit surprising to me, I guess, that the Chinese mm-hmm. economy has been so sluggish as 
continue to be sluggish. I would have expected more of a rebound from the COVID opening. And so my own view of it is that the geopolitics of China makes it such that I think companies are trying to turn away from China more and nearshore manufacturing, for instance. And so that provides probably a pretty strong headwind for the Chinese economy on top of everything else. But big tech, at least like Apple, are really growing in emerging markets. It feels like Apple is betting a lot of growth, especially in India. And it was one of the boosts that came this quarter. I don't know how how much further that, that growth has because they mostly focus on high-end consumers. I don't know how many of those they have to tap into. Um, but something else that we noted also, capital markets are healing in terms of that's been the theme in the past two or three weeks. It feels like we are, we, we we passed the bottom of the capital market issues that they've been having for a while. But then something you noted was about the implications of higher and long-term interest rates. For many of us, we've not lived through these very high interest rates that we have currently. And I mean, when I talk to my father-in-law, he tells me about 15% interest rates in the 80s in, in Scandinavia. I think that's, that's surprising and shocking for me because uh, we've grown up in an environment where we have, you know, 6% is so high, 7% is very high for us. So I don't know, what's your thought around the long-term implications in terms of the market processing, the fact that uh, we have we have high interest rates that we need to cope with even as we borrow and lend to companies and all? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the biggest thing for capital markets is that ultimately equity prices are a pass-through of the cost of capital and the cost of capital is primarily set by the Fed in the short term. And then, you know, you extend duration as you go out asset classes and equity or equities are the longest duration asset class. So, you know, if to the extent that long-term interest rates stay higher and that equity prices actually start to discount those long-term interest rates, you can have very significant multiple compression in equity prices so you, does that then like imply we could be having like a bear market in the stock market because we potentially yeah i mean it reminds me when i was early in my career an analyst i it was like 2008 we had just gone to the zero interest rate policy or 2009 and i remember doing dcfs for portfolio managers and plugging in like a 2.5% tenure wherever we were at the time and it would show that the price of the stock should be like five times higher. And I would show it to our senior portfolio managers and they would be like, yeah, but you can't do that. That's not actually going to, it's not going to stay there. That's not what the discount rate is. And lo and behold, you know, after 10 years, we basically priced that interest rate into every asset in the world. And so you actually do have these like pretty significant lags potentially between where long-term interest rates get priced into our long duration assets, most importantly, equity. And if we're in a world where really the zero interest rate policy is over, uh, there's still there's still a lot that needs to be priced into capital markets around that. And it could provide a major headwind, you know, maybe not over the next three months, but over the next three years. So something really to think about there in terms of multiple compression and the impact that long-term interest rates have on that. It could. I mean, like the other thing I've been thinking a lot about in this mm. is it seems like we're ready to get like an up cycle here just based on where the Fed's policy is. But, you know, the last up cycles that we've gotten over the last 15 years have usually been with the tailwind of very low interest rates behind them. So even if we have an up cycle here, how much does the fact that interest rates are still higher 
impact economic activity. I don't know. It could just mean that we have more of a dampened upturn than what we've been used to over the last 10 to 15 years. And hopefully that's not disappointing to people. What if the Fed then gets to cut interest rates? I mean, they've signaled they're not going to cut this year. So probably next year will be on the lookout for that. So maybe that would be giving a boost to the upturn that most people are kind of expecting, or it's just being implied by many of the companies that we're checking out. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, but there was something that I picked up, which would, I wanted to maybe to get a few comments from you on. It was a, the weak IT spend that is continuing. I think Zoom Info was a bit negative for the second half of the year. They were like, we don't see a pickup, especially in IT spend. And then you have companies like Amazon saying, okay, what we see is a it's stabilizing in terms of the growth in AWS cloud and, and all that. I don't know, how do you, what do you make of that kind of like the weak IT spend going into the second half of the year? I mean, I think AWS is the market leader. So if they're seeing a normalization, then there's probably normalization happening in that industry. I mean, it seems like markets, I mean, especially the consumer electronics markets, at least from Apple's perspective, seems to be a bit still weak, but they still need to be getting a lot of growth from emerging markets. So that's kind of boosting their growth going forward. But the, the the most the most interesting aspect though also this summer was there's still a lot of travel happening and leisure travel especially it's very strong and I talked to a friend in the in in the airlines industry they've hiked prices significantly but there's still a lot of demand that is still going on in this market I don't get it <laughs> I expected people to stop at least traveling for a while inflation having hit the pockets but people really want to travel. Consumers are resilient. The economy has been resilient. People want to spend things on the things that they want to spend money on. So, And travel is top of the list. <laughs> yeah. Experiences. Uh, We're, we still live in a time and age of experiential consumers. And, you know, the pandemic interrupted that for a bit, but not for long. We still want our experiences and we want them now. <laughs> yeah, I got to go see Taylor Swift in concert, you know, and you know? Or whatever it is. I was surprised to see Taylor Swift being mentioned in the Fed the Fed press conference as a question in terms of boosting economic growth. Seems like it's a Taylor Swift world we are living in, all Swifties. <laughs> we live in quite a world. <laughs> what a time to be alive, Eric. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Taylor Swift is, a, is boosting economic growth now. <laughs> yep. All right, this is a good place to close out this week. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll see you again next week on Earnings Calls. We'll continue giving you good quotes from Earnings Calls. Check out our newsletter and our podcast again. Bye for this week and see you next week.